Chris Chalice. Welcome back to the show, baby. And we got Jake, we got Ethan in the house. What's going on, fellas? Uh, well, no Kyle tonight or this week. I guess I should say it is his Woo-hoo! daughter's birthday. Whether I was supposed to share that news or not, I don't know. I didn't ask and I really don't care. But usually when that happens, uh, the doc is quick to pop up and uh, rearrange whatever plans he has to join us here on this beautiful podcast week. Yeah, I'll be honest. Uh, I was enjoying the 4-H fair uh, in my local hometown of 5,000 people. Oh, Lord. Um, you guys ever heard of a 4-H fair? Never. Hell no. Okay, so <clears throat> 4-H is like the... How do I describe this? It has something well, to do with cows and horses and stuff, right? So it's like showing animals is a part of it, but it's also like there's baking sections which is awesome. Uh, Where you bake like the art. animals that you just saw? No, you don't bake the animals. Okay. You like show the animals live. Okay. And then there's like art involved, uh, like robotics. You're, there's plants. It's a very like agriculture related fair. But the, the big part is the animals. But the problem is, is that I did not. So this goes on every year and it in the Midwest, it's like all over the place. All of these local counties have these 4-H fairs and then they go to state and like the state fairs that you go to, like the state fair is part of this like project of showing animals. Okay. Like that happens at the state fair, but a lot of people don't realize that they just go for like the rides and the concerts and stuff. Food. So the problem is, is that I was never like a 4-H kid. It's like, oh, and it's children doing this. The children do all the work. Uh, so you just have kids in cowboy boots just running around everywhere. It's it's actually kind of incredible to so, so, so it's a sweatshop is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, so basically. <laughs> kind of. So okay. perfect. The problem is I didn't do the 4-H. I just went to the fair because I'm fat and I like fair foods. foods yeah i like fried foods and so it's a great place to get my favorite thing which is lemon shakeups but also like funnel cakes and cotton candy and stuff like that my wife though was like the 4-h president like she was like the head of the kids and so when we roll in we're like royalty like she knows everyone everyone knows her it's very like very prominent bougie uh, does she have a tiara and everything you know, or she doesn't. I, she wasn't thing? the queen of the fair. Oh, that's that's a different, that's totally different section. She oh. was the president of the whole. So does she have like day. a pin or something? You know, I don't really ask. <laughs> See, this is the problem when you go with somebody that's like, was like in it. She knows what's going on. I have no idea. I couldn't judge. I kind of know the animals. I can be like, well, that's a cow and that's a goat. And this, I think, is a sheep. It could be a goat. They're kind of hard to tell when they don't have horns. So whatever. Goat, sheep, who cares? There's bunnies, chickens are involved. There's a there's pigs, you know. Uh, but the problem is, is that I have no idea how any of these things are. Ju- Everybody gets a ribbon. There's ribbons everywhere. I have no idea 
which ribbons are important and which ribbons aren't damn participation awards get rid of that shit man so many ribbons dude someone's gotta win man we play to win the game i think there are winners but i have no idea how to tell (laughs) because everybody gets a ribbon i'd be so kicked out of this 4-h club already because i'd be opposing everything is it true that you just milked a goat for 20 minutes tonight but didn't get anything because you found out that it was a dude goat afterwards and you were just jerking him off the whole time no oh it's not true no. There's no truth to that story. But That's the buzz on Twitter, it. apparently. The thing I can start is like, that rumor. The kids roll around with like whips. It's kind of barbaric a little bit. Like oh, Jesus, when they're man. showing them, they're like, they like freaking stranglehold them to keep their heads up and stuff. Like the, the kids like manhandle these large beasts, um, which is pretty impressive, I guess, you know, like, but some of the kids are like four. So it'd be like a 500 pound pig. And there'd be like this four-year-old. So like, how hard can it be really? You know, if it's like four-year-old can do it, can't be that tough. But yeah, so that was what I was really just there for the funnel cake and the lemon chickens. Do you guys know what Indian fry bread is? Yeah. Have you had that before? Yes. It sounds racist. It's not. It's sure. really not. It's like the Cleveland Indians type thing. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to call it. What am I supposed to call it now? I, I mean, it, it is what it is. But, dude, Indian you can put, fry. like, refried bean. You can make, mm-hmm. like, a taco out of it. Or I like it when it's just, like, powdered sugar and honey and stuff. Mm. Mm-mm. Okay, I'm intrigued. Give it a I Google. Haven't had, I haven't had that for a while. Haven't had Me neither. It's been a long time. But Indian, give it a Google, Doc. It? I mean, it's called Indian fry bread. Okay. Literally, at the fair, it says Indian fry bread. It's not like I made it up and... Hey, you know. listen here, Jake. We're Ethan's friend. We don't have none of that Indian stuff. <laughs> all right. It's American or bust. All right. Wait a second. I'm confused. <laughs> I'm and so I know confused with how this show elephants started. Elephants aren't technically American. Oh my God. Does anybody even care anymore? Do they just want to talk about football? <sighs> yes. I just want to talk about football. I, I came here for the ball, man. Damn it. Okay. Enough 4-H. of the 4 H club. Milking goats and jerking off things. I mean, come on. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. I'm just playing. But anyway, we do got some football, baby. Training camp is kicking off. The rookies are, you know, coming to the team, signing up and everything. But first of all, we got a happy trails. We have a retirement to discuss. That is former Tennessee draft pick defensive back Jason McCourty. He spent eight years with those Tennessee Titans. Cleveland Browns one year, three years with his brother in New England. Played 173 games, 18 interceptions, nine fumbles, 108 pass breakups, if you can believe it. Not bad for the 203rd overall pick that many years ago. I mean, happy trails, Mr. Jason McCourty. He was he was legit. I liked him. And how many years you say he played? You just say eight. Was that eight, three, and one? 10, 11, so 12 do, years. Do the math. There you 12. Go. I mean, it, it seems like he's been in the league forever. Forever. Doesn't it seem like you've you've talked or heard the name like the McCordy guys like forever? Like I feel like it's been like 20 years now, but hey, no. happy trails to him. Welcome to retirement life. Yes, indeed. Ethan, do you even know who that is? <laughs> Something about defensive players. Yeah, I don't know. We, yeah. we, Ethan checked recently? out when he heard the word defense. He's like, I'm here for offense. We're about the respect factor here. When a player of note retires, we got to send him off well. So, I mean, I think he's twin. That was his twin, wasn't it? Or his younger brother. They're not twins. I don't know. I don't think they're twins. Devin's, Devin's not a twin with him. I don't think so. I don't think so. I don't know that. I haven't checked him personally. I haven't checked it either, but hey. <laughs> Ethan, do you want to check it since you've been to the? Yeah, you're a club? doctor. Can you can you examine them and see if they're uh, check them identical or not? Is it a rectal I exam? If you, I don't, is there something to check? Like, I, I guess I they, you can find a picture you, of them next week. 
I wouldn't tell if they were fraternal twins, you wouldn't know. No. no. I don't think they were drafted the same year, so I'm pretty sure they're not twins. No. So yeah, yeah I'm we're gonna say, go with the no, no on this one. No, they're not twins, but happy trails, Jason McCordy. I mean, good luck in your retirement. You're doing better than we are, but Interesting development coaching-wise, fellas. Sean Payton apparently could come back to coaching next season. But what's more interesting is that the three teams interested, one is Dallas, one's Miami, and one's the Chargers. And Dallas, I see, because wants uh, Coach McCarthy for any longer period than three years anyway. But the Miami job just got filled by that young buck, intelligent, young offensive guy. And the Chargers also have that analytical guy. And, I mean, so... Really, we're really thinking that he, uh, Sean Payton's going to come out and take up, you know, potentially two offenses that are on the rise in Miami, in L.A., and maybe, maybe, just maybe, Tom Brady comes out uh, and goes to the Miami Dolphins like he was supposed to, because apparently they had a little deal together that if Payton was going to go, Tom Brady was actually going to follow him in Miami. Which I don't know if I quite believe that for sure yet. I mean, obviously we'll never know, but like you said with McDaniel, Mike McDaniel going to Miami, love that hire. Brandon Staley yep. in LA, love what he's doing there. I can't see that, especially with the trajectory of those two teams, which we kind of expect them to be above average, I guess you could say here this year. The Dallas job though, to me, totally screams Sean Payton. I mean, to me, that just like, if you if you had to look at all 32 teams and just be like, ah, where does he fit the best? I think Dallas is probably it. And that just makes a whole lot of sense. I can't stand Mike McCarthy. I can't stand the offense that he runs. I feel like they underutilize a lot of their talent sometimes there. But I would love to see Sean Payton come back and be in Dallas. Not as a okay. Let me rephrase this. I don't love to see the Cowboys like absolutely killing it because their fan base can get on you in a heartbeat and let you know how great they are. Mm-hmm. Uh but I mean, I think that would be great for the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I agree. I think the Cowboys make the most sense. I mean, I guess if the Chargers – I feel like the Chargers would have just stuck, stuck with the status quo if they thought that was going to happen. So I just don't – I don't think that, that – while it's fun to, you know, think about Justin Herbert and an offense run by Sean, Sean Payton, it's not really practical, I guess, with where the team is right now. Um, I don't think that we're at the stage where we can just fire coaches, you know, a year later, unless, you know, you got an urban Meyer situation. So I don't think he's quite that bad, but um, that, yeah, I mean, the Cowboys make the most sense. I mean, what if the Chargers don't make the playoffs this year? That would be year two for Staley. Would they uh, think about it? I mean, I think they might, if, if just say the Chargers as low as they are, or, or if they're a first round playoff exit, And they're going to say, well, you know what? We want to take this club over the top because we have so much talent on this team. We don't want to waste the years of Herbert's contract, his rookie deal. We want to get a coach in here that can uplift him to elite levels offensively because we know Staley's a defensive guy anyway. I I wonder, I really do wonder if that would work. Miami, I don't see it happening because that would just be a terrible look for the Dolphins to get rid of a a young up-and-coming head coach in McDaniel, but I mean, I, if, if the chargers don't succeed the way that everyone thinks they're gonna, I think we could see a lot of rumor, a lot of news for Sean Payton going on the chargers. What's crazy though, is like the chargers could win 12 games this year and probably miss the playoffs. I know. Like, <laughs> that's crazy, what's yeah. so crazy about the AFC is there's so many good teams that they can still have a really good year and miss the playoffs, which is crazy. I mean, they were above 500 last year, nine and eight. 
I think if they're anywhere better than that, 10, 11, 12 wins, I don't think they even consider it. I mean, it mm-hmm. all just depends. I mean, you when you look at the division they're in, is a coaching change from Brandon Staley to Sean Payton going to put them over the top to win that division? I mean, it might. If they're out there winning 12 games and they're putting up 30-plus a game, I mean, yeah, what is he really going to add? If they enough. go out there and they totally suck it up and can barely score points with all that talent, then I think we have ourselves a problem. Now, if Peyton's offense were to go to L.A., uh, I don't know if I would be able to stand up and walk if anybody said the name Austin Eckler after that because mm. that dude may end up with like 150 receptions a year. Yeah, that would be pretty sexy. I'd be okay with that. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I would love it. But I, I'd, I'd love it for the entire offense, personally. Yeah, but, but here's because the thing. Look, look what I Drew Brees was now. No, I know. I, I don't either. But I mean, it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like when Chucky went to Tampa Bay to take them over the top to win over Dungey. And it's it's kind of in that, I'm not even comparing Staley to Dungey. I'm just I'm just saying it's kind of reminiscent in that sense where the team wants their guy because they want to take the team over the top to the next level. Maybe Staley is this guy. Maybe. I mean, he does some dumb shit on those four downs. He loves to just gamble on all four downs. We saw it all season last year. But I mean, Sean Payton, what he was able to do with a Drew Brees. Yes, that would be crazy pressure for him to come in and replicate that same success with a Justin Herbert, but the talent is there. So I think it'd be relatively easy. And and for me, if if Staley, even if they go 12 wins, make it to the playoffs in our first round exit, I think that could open the door for this thing. Anything further than that divisional round AFC championship, I think that they won't uh, really entertain that option. I'm still crossing my fingers for Dallas. Yeah, fair enough. I like, I, think if you, I like it there too. I think if he goes to Dallas, you're an immediate division contender. Like that division is really up for grabs for like the next few years. It should be Dallas, but I can't look at it and really say that right now, especially with what no Mari Cooper, no Cedric Wilson and Michael Gallup coming off a torn ACL. They're not exactly going to go out there and just set the world on fire offensively to start the season, especially since you got the likes of like even Philadelphia. I mean, okay, so none of us really think that Jalen Hurts is a great quarterback, you know, at least throwing the football. Understood. But you still got A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith and Dallas Godair and Miles Sanders and every other running back on the run. There's plenty of offensive weapons there that even if Jalen Hurts takes the smallest step forward in the passing game, they could easily leapfrog the Cowboys this year. Can I add a dark horse candidate here? Uh Uh-oh. Uh, Jake, this one might hit a little close to home, but what about the Cardinals and Cliff Kingsbury? If they underperform for a third year, especially, you know, putter out at the end, like they have the last two seasons. I mean, we've seen Sean Payton work with a quarterback that wasn't the tallest dude in the world. I mean, Drew Brees was not your, you know, stereotypical huge quarterback. Could you see the Cardinals being an option if they move on from Cliff Kingsbury? I could see the Cardinals wanting that. I don't know if I could see Sean Payton wanting that. Mm-hmm. Okay. For the simple sense, fact yeah. that, A, the division that he's going to have. I, I kind of, I guess I kind of look at this a different way. Like, that's why I even said the whole Dallas things, because you immediately go to a job that you have a chance to, to win a division. If I'm Sean Payton, I don't really have much more to prove, like resume-wise. I just want to go somewhere and have the best chance to win and even though I'm a hometown Cardinals fan, like I don't know if that's the place I'm choosing unless you know that you have some guys lined up that are going to come there with you and, and make something happen. I just I can't see him wanting to do that. From a Cardinals perspective, though, I would be 
very much, you know, joyed to, to see Sean Payton on the sidelines. That would be crazy, man. But it's true. I mean, when we're talking about open positions, it is likely Dallas more than anything based on the team's rumored. I used to be a supporter of you, Cliff, and I just can't do it anymore, bro. I, I was, I was a big advocate for you, but you've failed too many times, but how, Hey, how about enough, enough of this coaching talk? Let's talk about some players as training camp is opening up JK Dobbins and Ian Rapshie. They're in the news right now, simply because Ian goes on record saying that, Hey, he might not be ready for week one. And JK fires back via Twitter saying, go to him for the facts rap sheet. As you know, he says he might not even start training camp on the pup, even though the ACL, the meniscus tear and the damage to the lateral side is prevalent. I mean, what are we thinking? Is this just, you know, JK trying to pump his own tires to say that he's healthier than what he is or is rap sheet one that's actually telling facts from the team? Um, I mean, obviously it's a great question for Ethan because he's like a doctor or something, but I, I have a hard time trusting news right now. That's not coming from a player source because everybody's looking for those clickbait titles and stuff right now. And I'm not taking anything away from Ian Rappaport or Adam Schefter or anything like that. They're just tweeting out what they're being told by somebody, but I, if I'm going to listen to anybody right now, aside from Ethan, it's going to be the players themselves. Cause obviously the players are always going to come out and say, Hey, I'm a hundred percent. They always want to play. He's not going to come out and say, Hey, I'm not going to be good to go this year. But mm-hmm. when you see some of the, the film of him starting to work out and we saw that clip of him, what a couple of weeks ago where he threw his trainer, like six yards deep, mm-hmm. there's still time. Like it is still July 19th. And even though the timeline may not be perfect to where he is 100%, I, I still am uh, of the opinion that I'm going to listen to what JK says. And if he says he's going to be good to go up until further notice, that's what I'm going to go off of. But Ethan will tell us to do the right thing. Yeah. Here's, here's the deal, Jake. One, that video of him throwing his trainer was from before his injury. It recirculated. Look um, at the lies that JK's spewing on it, Twitter. It, it recirculated um, wow. this year. I have no idea why, wow. but that happened last summer. So before the injury. So we'll clear that up right away. We haven't wow, really seen JK. much at all from JK Dobbins's recovery from a no Instagram, really no Instagram videos, no progress. So it's hard for me, like as a medical professional to tell you where he is in recovery outside of him telling you, no, I'm going to be back. Like, don't listen to the smoke. Don't listen to this, which has some weight. But here's the thing is that no NFL player really understands where they're at from a recovery perspective. Like they might be like, yeah, I'm playing. What are you talking about? And get upset about it. But the team is going to make the decision for them. The team has all the data in terms of how they're supposed to be looking. Like you might feel like an athlete and I work with athletes every day and every day athletes tell me I'm good to go. And every day I see stuff that's like, no, dude, you're not good to go. Like you're not ready. Like you feel like you're ready, but you're not. And the rehab team is probably talking to the front office about where they expect him to be at in the next two months before the season starts. And that's where Rappaport is getting this info from. Somebody within the team has talked to or had discussions about when Dobbins is expected to come back. And so while I do respect that Dobbins wanted to come out and kind of, you know, stick it to rap, but 
the the point is is that he is only a small portion of the the group that is deciding if he plays or not and so or if he plays week one or not so what we know right now and what i've actually heard from i hate to be this guy but like i have some friends that have friends that are in the training staff with the ravens and what we are talking privately knowing people that know the people some two sources away so take this for what it is but knowing people that know people that are in the training room, they're telling us, the people that I know, that J.K. Dobbins is not on schedule, that he is not going to be ready week one, and that he may take a good chunk of the first half of the year to get ready. And that's, you know, again, I'm not reporting or breaking any news here. It's just breaking uh, news I, I from don't, the doc. Don't, 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 don't I'm going to light this, up okay? Twitter on this one. But Beautiful. Here's the thing is I have a lot of friends that yeah. work with a lot of athletes mm-hmm. that are, and we talk privately about where these athletes are. And from what I'm getting from people that are a lot closer to his training staff than Rappaport is, or myself is is that don't expect J.K. Dobbins to be ready the way that he's saying he's going to be ready, that there's some serious concerns from within the training staff that he's not ready. See, and that's why when it comes from Ian, I mean, I if it was from Chef, I probably would have been with you, Jake, and been like, yeah, that's a lot of clickbaity stuff. But, I mean, Rap doesn't typically do the mistake thing. I mean, he's pretty – pretty much on point to where his reporting and his sources come from. So I, I, I found it interesting that right away JK came on Twitter and, and was defending himself. And for whatever reason, he just, he wants to, you know, make his name known out there that he is well on his way to recovery. I don't know why, well, whatever. If you're it's so close like he cares to recovery. About. If you're so close to recovery, post some videos about it. Fair Thanks. enough. Let us see you running. Let us see you doing, cause you're almost, you should be a normal timeline. And you that's pretty bold for pretty him to say to being back. And that's pretty bold for him to say that he might not even start camp on the pop. So then he's basically saying he's good to go good next to go. week. Next week is he's good to go. Let me see some videos. It's not like he had just one tweet with Rappaport though, either. It was like, mm-hmm. he went on a couple of times and he yes, even he says here, I would post videos, but I want all you fake ass doctors and people who have never spoken a word to me to see what me and Jesus been up to on the biggest stage. Yeah. Like it's just something about that. That's like, is he going to be a hundred percent? No, I I could, I could see that. Right. But is he not going to be playing week one? Like, I don't know. I, I just don't know why he would double down, triple down, quadruple down and continue to say things like, how come nobody got to him? It was like, dude, shut up like no you're not like he just continued to tweet things out about no i'm i'm gonna be ready i'm gonna show you you know what i mean and i don't know maybe I mean, it's just my inner okay. jk dobbins I mean, fan <laughs> you're welcome to be private about it i just find it very suspicious because the easiest way to shut everybody up is to just show us that you're doing some stuff that's pretty high level even like running in a straight line is enough to get people hyped about it so like either his team is like yo man we don't want them to know we don't want them to see you running in a straight line right now because they're going to notice some things or he is literally just like the most private human ever and would rather just talk about how great he's doing either way that's not really enough for the fake twitter doctor or you know that's i've gotten called that enough times oh you're a fake doctor ha ha ha, we get it the joke is there but if you want to shut everybody up just show us like just show it just show it 
Like just, we're going to see it in camp eventually. So if week one, when you come back to camp, you're not doing anything with the team, guess what? You're hiding something. And so we need to, we, we're allowed to speculate on that because right now you haven't showed us anything. So it's That's interesting our job. stuff. That's my job. It's, it's interesting that. stuff because I got to say, you know, I'm, I'm getting higher and higher on Mr. Taylor Beatty or Tyler Beatty. I mean, he looks good to me. And with JK and Gus the bus potentially not being fully healthy, we could have a Mike Davis, Taylor Beatty, Tyler Beatty. I keep messing that boy's name up. Uh, backfield and I mean get ready for that but hey it's interesting stuff we will get to see if JK is going to be running next week no kidding but more and more importantly though is if he's not ready and he's he is missing time to start the season uh Lamar Jackson and Rashad Bateman are going to win fantasy weeks for people because they're going to be and Mark Andrews because they're going to be touching the ball so much every single week Lamar is going to run for like 500 yards in those first couple Dude, weeks. I, and honestly, it sounds crazy, but he could easily have 100 yards rushing a game, two or three uh, receiving or passing touchdowns going to Andrews and, and Bateman every single week because that's all they're going to have. Yeah. It's interesting. It definitely is. But you know what's not interesting is Uncle Lenny is turning into Uncle Beefy, man, because this guy, he I don't know what, man, he, he went on the all-butter diet and just he beefed up to like, what, 30 pounds, 260 pounds to a mammoth 260 this man is. He looks like a damn defensive tackle. You've seen photos of this man? The, the Buccaneers coaching staff, they're not happy. And I mean, okay, fine. We understand you can shed 30 pounds rather easily for a pro NFL athlete in camp. I get it. But I mean, Lenny says he's ready. We, he's going to be ready week one. What do you say? I'll see y'all week one. But I mean, this concerns me just a little bit because a guy who's aging, who has lost a step in his wheels, he's definitely not as fast as he used to be. I'm starting to like me a little bit more Rashad White every single day that this is happening. And I think, you know what, if if I get my running backs good up top and early in the draft, I'm definitely going to be pegging a Mr. Rashad White later on. Well, what's weird is like even Fournette came out, though, and said that last year during games, he was weighing at 240. Yeah. So they reported at 228, and he said 240. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm of the – I mean, listen, I'm a big dude, so I can say this. Like, I know he is like two weeks of cardio and three massive morning dumps away from making weight, okay? So, I mean, it's just different. Did he did he eat well this offseason? Sure, he got extended. He got another contract. He probably ate, you know, pretty good the last couple of months. But am I worried about that? No, I'm really not. I mean, this is not the type of guy who's known for his straight line speed. Like, that's not his game anyway. He's going to plow some people over. He's going to run between the tackles. And more importantly, he's going to catch so many check down passes from Tom Brady that it's going to be just fine. With Evans out there, going to be the sole, you know, defensive coverage of where they're going to have to pay attention to. With Godwin not going to be there to start the season. I don't care about Leonard Fournette. I mean, until he shows up looking like Eddie Lacy, like I'm just not that worried about it. The guy is still, he's still in good shape. Could he lose some pounds? Absolutely. But he's in Florida for the next six weeks in that stupid humidity. He's going to sweat out a lot of weight and be just fine. Yeah. I mean, it is a little concerning. He's getting a little older. We know it's harder to just, throw that weight off um but i still feel like it's not a story until it's like two weeks before the season he's chunky yeah if we're in if we're in the preseason games and it's like week two of the preseason dude has yo he's not playing because he's chubby like 
that's the only thing that concerns me is just there is some correlation with the being overweight and doing high rep high intensity exercise and the risk of you know soft tissue injury and he does have a little bit of a history of ankle issues and he needs to take care of himself from a health perspective going into this later half of his 20s because this is and i'm not predicting this so again don't get on me about this but achilles injuries are most commonly found in the first few weeks that you ramp up activity there you're at a higher risk if you weigh more and you're at a higher risk in your late 20s versus your early 20s so you know that's something that i'm not saying that he's gonna have an achilles injury but any type of soft tissue injury um you know could derail his season really quickly uh and if he's already at 260 and he has a soft tissue injury how's he gonna how's he gonna break that uh how's he gonna work that uh, weight off you know that that makes it a lot more challenging. So I, I, I'm kind of on Chouse's bandwagon here with White. I mean, I think you need to at least have him on your radar as somebody that's worth picking up, stashing for a few weeks here, especially if you're drafting really early. See what happens with Lenny. If Lenny comes back and he puts the weight, takes the weight off and he's playing out, out of his mind for the first month, yeah, then you can then you can drop White. But the first few weeks here, like I would probably hold on to him. And I mean, for a guy who's 27 is kind of where I'm going. He's 27 years old now. I had to go back and look at the combine when he ran. He was 240 at the combine, ran the 451. And I mean, that's lightning bolt speed back then. And we know that his speed has dropped off as the years have gone on. And, and that's fine. I mean, he's not the same Lenny he was when the Jacksonville Jaguars took him. I get it, okay? But the weight does concern me. And, and it's almost like this guy, it's, it's certain players that don't care about football and you can kind of see it. And, and Lenny's feels like one of these guys. I don't know him intimately to understand where he's at football wise, if he cares or if he doesn't, but as a, as a person who watches football and, you know, analyzes it and, and see, he's one of these guys. You just feel like he doesn't really care about the game anymore. He's there just to get his paycheck. He's playing with Tom Brady likely will win a super bowl again, potentially, you know, he's gonna, you know, have his games where he's he's leaned upon he's going to score a couple touchdowns here or there but is he somebody that we can continuously trust anymore and you guys know me i was a big leonard supporter and i was all on board the last two seasons uh you know thinking he's going to be the next best thing and i don't know man this th- these are the type of things it reminds me of that one defensive tackle that ballooned up what was his name um he went to washington from tennessee ah he was just like 800 pounds and he was he was done after he signed that monster deal but whatever but I know this, this concerns me. And, and I mean, for me, it, it is definitely uncle beefy. And I think I'm going to switch his name up every time I talk to him, unless I see different. And that, we're going to, we'll play the two on one game here tonight. Cause I am not giving up on Leonard Fournette, not a chance. I think if, if he was on any other team, I would think that, but if we're speculating what his mindset and stuff is when it comes to football, I'm pretty sure that Tom Brady can see it a lot closer than us. And I don't think Tom Brady is going to be fighting for a guy to come back if he knows that he doesn't really care about football or want to be there. And the fact that Brady basically somewhat sabotaged his visit to the New England Patriots and had him brought back to Tampa Bay is enough for me to know that, hey, that's the guy that Tom Brady wants. He sees something there. He wants the veteran presence. And I will gladly sacrifice a little bit of speed because 
I don't draft Leonard Fournette for his speed. I'm drafting Leonard Fournette for his 65 receptions, his 1,200 total yards, and his opportunity for 10-plus touchdowns. And I still see that regardless of what he weighs right now. Do you still pick him at 207? Probably. As of of today? Yeah. I mean, it depends what I took in the first round, but yeah, I I I don't see why not. Okay. I would, I could, I could see myself taking him depending on how the draft board falls. Sure. If you're in a draft, Every, goes, everything changes from right. the draft board. I completely understand that. But if we go heavy running back early and all of a sudden you find yourself the back half of the first and 10 running backs have gone, I wouldn't be opposed to taking Leonard Fournette at the 201 or the 202, knowing that I'm not going to have a chance for another long stretch of picks to get another running back. Okay. So Leonard Fournette or Saquon Barkley, they're 207, Barkley's 211. I'm still doing? going Leonard Fournette. Wow. You're crazy. I can't. Nope. Can't do it. I won't do it. That's Can't right. stop. Won't stop. That's all right. Nick Chubb or Leonard Fournette. I still have Chubb higher than Fournette. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I can't go that high. Okay. I mean, come on now. I, I gotta have. I gotta have standards here, Charles. I'm, I'm saying. <laughs> I'm just wondering. Alvin Kamara or Leonard Fournette. Oh, Leonard Fournette in a heartbeat. Okay. I won't even touch Kamara this year unless no, we hear so, about his. So say no suspension. Oh, if there's no suspension, then that changes things. Different then I'm, story. Then I'm okay. going Kamara. But okay. if we don't know at the time of a draft, I'm not even touching Kamara. Your boy Zeke Elliott or, or uh, Mr. Leonard Fournette? Mm, that is super close, but I still have Lenny higher just because he's going to catch okay. so many balls. Okay, I just I had to test it. I wanted to see, and we got an answer. I mean, Ethan, you taking him at two hundred seven? Uh, probably. Still, I wouldn't take him over any of those di- dudes you mentioned. Maybe Saquon. <sighs> Man, I'm, I can't. I can't what? wait till Saquon punches everybody Dude, in the damn junk today or this I'm year. You said that last Saquon. year. <laughs> I did say it last year. It's coming I'm on again. Saquon. Okay, <laughs> I'm just saying like that's about like that's where we're having a discussion. Is that Saquon? I probably, I don't know. I'm a glutton for pain, so I'm probably going to take Saquon again because I believe and uh, I'm taking. I am Saquon. notorious for following my buys and don't buys in drafts from our guide our draft guide and so uh spoiler saquon's in the buy section again this year i'm ready to get hurt again okay as am i and he will not he's going to be that juggernaut superhero because two years of freak injuries come on i can't do it but but even when but, he's on the field he doesn't he hasn't looked good because of the injuries i mean the acl was it's gonna be just like jk this year i'm telling y'all the acl that he came back from had to come back slowly did not look good they nursed him along and then he goes and rolls his freaking ankle because he's looking the wrong direction so he's just an idiot for looking the wrong way look the right way and things will go fine i think that we got to use his first two years as the standard over these last two i think that's it's 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 unfair in my opinion to say that this is what we should expect from a Saquon these last two years because injuries just filled his entire you know outlook and it, and it just it didn't it didn't pan out and then the way the Giants were I mean who I we would all fail under Jason Garrett I mean let's just be real okay and then going to get Judge I mean come on no good no good I still th- not, I still want to I still want to blame Daniel Jones I'm not failing under I do too I, I I don't like Daniel Jones <laughs> I don't think any defense cares about Daniel no, Jones they enough they don't and they know that option one, two, and three is just take away Saquon Barkley because Daniel Jones can't get the ball consistently down the field. And that's where the argument will always be agreed upon with me and you on the Giants. It's, it's, it's not a, it's, an issue. It's of, Danny Penny's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, yeah, no. It's, it's, 100%, it's, it's, straight it's not up Danny the player. Pennies. It's not the no. talent of the player whatsoever. It's the situation. Yeah. And I just can't. I mean, even in 2019, 
Saquon Barkley had 1,400 yards and eight touchdowns. And I believe that year Daniel Jones started like 12 games, I think, Mm -hmm. something like that. He started, yes, 12 games he started that year. Mm -hmm. Eli only played four, and then he got turned into Daniel Jones. But since then, it's just like we've seen a downhill spiral from Saquon Barkley. Even when he is on the field, he has nowhere to run. Like the as soon as he gets the ball, he's got two or three defenders right in his face. Regardless of what the offensive line does, they just can't they can't open up any holes for this guy anymore. And I mean, I like open holes. Holes are good. <laughs> I wasn't going to say anything. find those holes. That's right. Find them and hit them hard. Somebody go deep. High and tight, man. Do what? That's what you said. Somebody needs Somebody's to open holes for him. Somebody, Somebody needs, needs to open, open it up for him. him. Dude can't do it himself. Apparently, man, if you can't find the hole, you got some problems. But, you know, Rashad Penny, he's got some problems finding holes, too. And I mean, right now, the word on the street is he's being projected to be the lead dog and 20 carries a game is going to be the standard, apparently. But this is what I found interesting is Travis Homer and DJ Dallas are looking to be the third uh, back duties, gain the third back duties this year. So I'm like, Y'all forget about your rookie, Kenneth Walker, the third. Like, who is reporting these beat writers? Who's giving all the, you know, info to these beat writers right now? Because, okay, everyone's going to talk about Rashad Penny because he's got talent. I get it. I like his talent. He's got speed. He's got size. He's got breakaway ability. He can somewhat catch. I don't know if I'm overly trustworthy in his hands. But for me, you don't draft a Kenneth Walker if you're that comfortable with your running back situation, including a DJ, a DJ Dallas and a Travis Homer. So for me, this is a lot of smoke. And I don't know if you guys feel the same. Like I'm, I'm almost going to surpass a Rashad Penny to go and get a Kenneth Walker because the value's better. Um, but do I, I think it is. I think that he's going to be able to overtake Penny without even an injury. The thing is though, because I think they're going pretty close to each other in drafts, right? They now. are. They and I, that's so that's like not I really don't know if you're really take. even yeah. getting a discount. Fair enough. From from that perspective, I understand. But I, I get what you're saying. Like from a talent perspective, I don't feel like there's a huge difference. I would actually argue. I think that Penny has more juice, straight line. Yes. But I think that Kenneth Walker is a better pure runner in terms of. I think he does more than just cut up the field and outrun everyone correct i think he is a much better grinder between the tackles which they're going to have to do because they ain't scaring anybody throwing the ball at least not with the quarterbacks they have right now now if jimmy garoppolo were to get traded there then we might have a different conversation but i think that from a i think they're both going to get plenty of opportunities because i think this team is going to run a bajillion times whether it works or not i'm i'm still going to go walker over white and for me it may not be as close because we have Rashad Penny who's proven that he can't stay on the field 16 17 games they they have the draft capital there with with Kenneth Walker we know that he can handle all three downs and for Rashad White I'm not taking anything away from Rashad White I don't see Tom Brady at this point of his career being you know putting all the faith and trust in a rookie running back in that backfield I think we see if anything happens to Leonard Fournette, I see we I think we see a little bit of Gio, Giovanni Bernard kind of sprinkled in, who at times performed last year. Keyshawn Vaughn, very nope. little. Not a not a, I'm talking like maybe three touches. I mean, but just the whole I, season. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. It's just one of those things where it's not gonna just be, hey, something happens to Fournette, it's hundred percent Rashad White. I can't see that happening in Tampa Bay. I would right. see them totally abandoning the run altogether 
before I would see that. I just, it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. I, I don't know. I, I like the talent of Rashad white. I like it, what he could potentially be at times, but if I'm looking at just this year, I will bank on Kenneth Walker getting more touches and more opportunity than Rashad white. I got no disagreement. I, I think Kenneth Walker in the Seattle offense, and we've seen like that. You're telling me that you're going to workhorse Penny with the no quarterback situation when he had a Russell Wilson before you tried to workhorse him and he still got injured. There's no way in hell his body's going to hold up. I don't care if he says he's in the best shape of his life. I need to see that. That needs to be proof on the field before I go in and invest in a Rashad, uh, Rashad Penny. But Kenneth Walker, man, I mean, he is the legit real deal. He's not going to be your elite running back in the NFL, but he is going to be one of these guys, in my opinion, he's going to have that seven, eight years of very quality level play and, and statistical achievement. Like that's how good I think Kenneth Walker is. He's going to be able to be leaned upon. He can take the punishment. He goes inside outside. He's got enough juice to get, uh, you know, to break away. Is he going to get caught majority of the time? Sure. But I mean, he's got enough where Penny is your guy that, like you said, Ethan, he is a straight line speed guy. So if you're building a tandem approach where both these guys are going to run the ball 15, 16 times because you're going to have to run 30 times a game to try to keep the control and keep defenses or keep the other offense off the field. I think Kenneth Walker's a great pick for you fantasy football wise this year. I love it. And just so you know, right now I've currently turned on Leonard Fournette's Twitch stream and I'm watching him play Call of Duty. There you go. He, looks like, he's in, he looks like he's in pretty good shape. Yeah. Yeah. And he's eating chicken, chicken wings. Yeah. Yeah, he's eating chicken wings. <laughs> uh, uh, I cannot confirm nor deny the chicken wings in the video. Is I cannot he running see. on a treadmill while he plays? Uh, no, maybe. He's it? got one of those you know, those foot pedals that you see, like, uh, as seen on TV, things that late at night people put on their desk where they're, like, riding a hey, bike. Under the- yeah, That's yeah, what he's yeah. doing. Sh- shut up, Jake. I have one of those. I do, too. <sighs> Not really. Do you really have one? Yeah, man. It's do called a QB. Really? You don't use they're it. They're awesome. They burn no way like- you use that. Dude. You set it in front of your recliner. It burns calories while you're playing video games. It's awesome. <laughs> like I'm the... serious. Dude, anything to burn the calories, baby. Okay. Anything to burn the calories. I'm going to have to see a picture of this thing. before. I mean, just like with you guys and your, I have to see it on the field first with J.K. Dobbins. I need to see you using that thing, playing some, some Rocket League. Dude, I will. <laughs> Tell your wife to text me a picture. I'm not, not right now. letting my wife text you. Because I don't trust you. <laughs> what a, wow. What a wow. dick. <laughs> wow is right. My God. But I don't know. Like I said, training camp has started. The rookies are coming in. And, you know, one one situation I'm really upset out that he got hurt was Kyron Williams for the LA Rams. I really thought that, you know, he would have had a very solid camp. I comped him. I believe I'd have to go back. But I believe it was like a lesser Austin Eckler type. A very similar type of skill set, type of running back. And I think, you know, Already the beat writers are, are saying that Daryl Henderson is on his way out this after this season because he's on the contract year and Kyron Williams is going to be that next guy up in this rotation that's going to take that role. I really, truly wanted to see it. I think he broke his foot. So how long is a foot break? It's like six weeks. Uh, depends on where he broke his foot at. I mean, it could be a Liz Frank type injury. Yeah, I, I don't it's remember. Seeing a lot if longer. It was, yeah, I don't remember seeing if it was the Liz Frank or not, but I mean, I'm hoping he comes back before the preseason ends so we can at least see him on the field. I, I don't remember the exact date he broke that. I mean, he, he you'll probably see him at some point this year. I don't know how much running he's going to get just with Akers and Henderson both being there. I actually like Daryl Henderson where he's going in drafts right now. 
because I feel like we're just way overestimating what Cam Akers is going to be. Um, and Daryl Henderson was serviceable last year. I mean, he mm-hmm. can catch passes. He can run between tackles. I'm not convinced personally, and maybe I'll be wrong. I'm, I hope I am, but I don't feel like the, I feel like this is a situation where these two dudes should be drafted close to each other, similar to where Kenneth Walker and Rashad Penny are being drafted. And instead you have Cam Akers in like the third, fourth, fifth round and Daryl Henderson in like the 12, 13, 14th round. And I don't feel like they're that much different given the circumstances of where they're at right now. And some people, I hope that I'm wrong about Cam Akers. I hope that, you know, having a full year now or almost a full year of rest coming off the Achilles is he's going to be okay. And he's back to what people thought he was, but I'm just not quite sold uh, on Cam Akers being that dude. Uh, I just, I didn't see it when he came back last year. I'm still personally not convinced that he's ever shown it. Uh, some people like to, I think we were projecting him and then he was like, Oh, he got hurt. So we'll project him again. And it's like, "Mm, you can't project him for what he was beforehand when we weren't even sure what he was beforehand. And then you, you just, you're just going to ignore the fact that he tore his Achilles. Like, didn't we already learn that we can't do this with Marlon Mack and all these other dudes that have torn their Achilles as running backs and just never were a thing again. Like, did we not learn anything about that? Are we just going to just keep pounding our heads into the sand? It makes no sense to me. Yeah, I mean, and once you mentioned it last offseason, or not offseason, uh, postseason, where he just didn't look explosive, which in my opinion is understandable. I mean, as fast as he came back, shouldn't have been 100% anyway. And same thing kind of goes for him, right? I I haven't seen any cam makers work this offseason. Has anybody else? Not really. Like, I haven't seen a whole lot on him. You know what I mean? Uh, Kyron Williams, it says here that he should be back for the first phases of training camp later in the summer. Beautiful. But, so, I mean, it sounds like he should be back here this offseason. So do I think that he gets a lot of work? I still think that if Cam Akers is limited or misses any time or whatever, I do think that they kind of just run Daryl Henderson. Because honestly, when Daryl Henderson gets an opportunity, he moves the football. They just can't commit to that guy. Like the, whatever it is, it's kind of like the whole Antonio Gibson thing and Ron Rivera. Like for some reason, Sean McVay just does not trust Daryl Henderson with a full workload because they always find other players uh, just to divvy it up to. But uh, I still like me some Daryl Henderson. Henderson is good to me too. It's just I want to see the situation and how this is going to shake out because the health is the issue as they got through the postseason for their running backs. I mean, Henderson got nicked up a little bit. Akers came back, obviously, but they they want that that pass catching appeal, and I think Kyron could do that extremely well in this offense, especially with the talent of Cooper Cup and now and Allen Robinson. I think it's just going to open up the flats so much for these running backs to feast PPR wise. And I'm I'm just excited. Wanted to talk a little Kyron because he's good stuff. But one player I feel is not talked about near enough, and I understand it's completely injury based again. You would think I thought the doc was coming on today with all these damn injuries to these I players. God. Jesus, this wasn't even, you know, put together this way. But, hey, you know what? We got you here. So, John Mechie, man, from the Houston Texans. And I understand the Texans are just such a dump fire. I get it. We don't know who's going to be the number one. We don't know when John Mechie's going to come back. They say kind of, you know, it's very similar to the Jamison Williams argument of when they potentially could come back. Some are saying, you know, they're going to be ready in September, late September. I'm still thinking it's going to be like November-ish before these guys hit the field. So when we're talking more of a John Mechie, more dynasty-wise, because I think 
once he comes back from that ACL, John Mechie's a dog, man. And he is one of these guys that is going to be a slot premier weapon in this league. He's going to just carve up defenses with his route run appeal and his ability to get open. He separates like nobody that I have seen in a while coming out of college like that. So I, I for me, he's going to be a huge problem. And nobody's talking about John Mechie, but I'm going to bring up his name today. I mean, I love John Mechie. I still think Brandon Cooks is the guy in Houston. You know sure I mean? he is. But yep. I'd like to see Nico Collins get a little bit more of an opportunity. But the biggest issue here for Houston, and this is going to come out the wrong way, but it's Davis Mills. Like, I, I don't dislike Davis Mills, but I, I don't see him being able to handle a high enough volume style passing offense to where we're going to be able to have Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins and John Mechie, like, all be a thing. It's just like one of those things where – He's going to be a solid starting quarterback for who knows how long. And there's going to be some good games, but they're going to be spread out between a couple of different guys. And whose week is it going to be? And I see it like that for the foreseeable future in Houston. They're just not a great overall team. I think the the dealings that they'd had here over the last few years just put them in a bad position with first DeAndre Hopkins and J.J. Watt and the whole Deshaun Watson. It's just like they're having a hard time bouncing back from it and I feel like it's still going to be a few years away and some of this talent that's on the depth chart is just going to kind of be squandered at times because it's just not going to be consistent enough I mean I'm, I'm just going to piggyback on what Jake said I, I think the offense is just not as sexy as what I want um, I do think that John Mechie, Jameson Williams those are both guys that a lot more value in Dynasty obviously this year I'm not really buying into much of either of them maybe Jamison just because of the draft capital combined with I guess optimism that he really was an elite wide receiver talent you know even coming off an ACL tear it didn't really hurt his draft stock that much um, I don't trust guys coming off ACL tears you know within nine months because they're rushing to get back and so their rehab is rushed with rookies especially, teams are starting to realize that, hey, maybe we should, I don't know, take this a little bit slower and let these guys kind of, you know, take a redshirt year and they'll be a lot better off if we'd let them do that. Um, I'm probably not drafting a John Mechie uh, in most leagues, maybe taking a last round flyer on a Jameson Williams just to kind of stash in my IR. Um, I do think that Mechie is a guy that maybe next offseason I might be trying to trade rookie picks for you know those that what always ends up being five or six third round picks that i've collected through just throw-ins in trades um i'm probably trying to package a couple of those to get a guy like john mechie who maybe is going to underperform most likely uh this year because i do like the talent i do think that he is i mean you don't get a you don't get to be a starting wide receiver at alabama and not be good at football like that just doesn't really happen so um, I do think that he has a chance to, you know, potentially pop later, uh, but I'm probably not investing really anything this year. Yeah, no, it's, it's strictly dynasty basis for me as well, but nobody talks about him. I'm just telling everybody needs to remember his name because he's damn good. Jalen Tolbert, Jalen mother effing Tolbert. Um, this is rookies coming to training camp. So you guys know, man, and I've been, I've been preaching up me some Jalen Tolbert. I love this guy's skill set. I think that, Going to Dallas, no more Amari Cooper. Fine. Even if it was a Michael Gallup that was a healthy Michael Gallup, 
Yes, we wouldn't see the target share be abundant to a Jalen Tolbert, but it is pegged that in, in wide receiver three sets, he's likely going to win out this job already in camp and preseason. He just, it's basically his job to lose is what I'm hearing at this point. And that gets my juices flowing. I love the skill set he's got. He plays bigger than what he is. I think he's like 6'1", but he feels like he's a 6'3", type of wide receiver, contested catch appeal. And he's going to add a very different dynamic in this offense, especially without Gallup right away. He's going to have to be leaned upon and trusted upon. I think this guy early on, until maybe until Gallup comes back, we'll see the reversal in target share going his way. But I think Jalen Tolbert in the first like four weeks could be something of a big steal for a lot of fantasy clubs in their flex spot. Yeah, the biggest thing is, as much as I agree with that 100%, hopefully because you're drafting Jalen Tolbert at the very end of your drafts, if at all, and then you're thinking about starting him week one did you draft right correctly at the beginning of your draft because why are you having to start somebody that you took that late but I I understand with what you're saying because I don't expect Michael Gallup to be much of a thing for the first half of this season but I'm also of the mind that I haven't given up on James Washington like I still feel like James Washington is a decent wide receiver that just did not get a chance consistently in Pittsburgh so if we everybody's pegging CeeDee Lamb to be this alpha number one They brought in James Washington and then Michael Gallup's going to be the other guy once he's healthy. But once he comes back and once Gallup's good to go, I think Jalen Tolworth's just something like of a future project. You know I mean? He may have a couple big plays, some big games there to start the year. The buzz is going to be going crazy. But like you said, once these guys get back and healthy, I just don't know if we see a whole lot of him unless that maybe Michael Gallup has some sort of a setback or whatever it may be, or, Maybe Tolbert just comes out and absolutely kills it. They're like, we don't even need Michael Gallup that much. You know what I mean? It's going to take something to get to that point, though, because I still feel like they're going to be invested enough in Gallup, Lamb, and Washington to still get that first crack. Well, you're, you're a Steelers fan, Ethan. You didn't hate James Washington, did you? I mean, he's fine. He's not. He's not an alpha, but like I mean, as a slot guy, I don't hate it. I think that he's a perfectly reasonable wide receiver three or four on your team i don't want him really doing anything more than maybe some double moves down the field occasionally at least he has some juice he's he he, james washington does have a pretty nice skill set for that guy that you know is running up against your third best cornerback i mean he definitely can beat people down the field he can make contested catches even though he's not a huge guy um, he's kind of a dog. He's got a little bit of that in him. Um, and he showed that in college even, I mean, he was, he was a dude that if you threw the ball his way, he was going to fight for it. And so I like that scrappiness out of my wide receiver three. I would say that Tolbert, um, has an opportunity, but he has to take it at the beginning of the year, because mm-hmm. once Gallup, you know, is, is up to full speed, you know, Washington, you know, yeah, he, he's a good wide, you know, decent wide receiver, but, He's coming in. He doesn't, you know, he's kind of starting on the same playing field as what a Tolbert is. Um, you know, CD Lamb obviously is going to get his. Dalton Schultz is going to get his. So it's really about who's getting the third, who's the third option. Um, and I think that from a real football perspective, Tolbert might be a really awesome third option and he might really excel as the third option. From a fantasy perspective, I just don't know how much that option is worth. 
you know, like how much is it worth to be the third option in this offense? And technically, really, he, probably he, the fourth. Because I was saying, he could be the, the fifth, so, could be fifth or sixth too, if you're counting Zeke and Tony Pollard. But that doesn't take away from the fact that he could be a really, he could really spark early in the year and become a very, you know, serviceable wide receiver. I just worry about from a fantasy perspective, like what that role is really going to be worth to start the season. No way it's, Mike McCarthy doesn't screw this up. <laughs> and, that, and that's always the damn caveat. We got to rely on Mike McCarthy, man. Hopefully Kellen Moore is going to be able to shut him down anything in that respect. But the reason why I'm so interested in a Jalen Tolbert, because you don't have a wide receiver like him on this offense. And as good as, as good as CD lamb is, and we know CD lamb can catch anything that comes his way. And, and it's not, I'm not trying to say Tolbert's better than lamb. No question. Uh, it's it just the skill set that he does have. Every time you see a Jalen Tolbert, he comes down with that damn ball. Three defensive backs in college, he's coming down with the ball. Red zone mismatch opportunity, he's coming down with the ball. I don't dislike a James Washington, but I'm I'm kind of over a James Washington at this point. I think that the Dallas Cowboys, you know, they understood they needed a deep threat, and this is exactly what James Washington is going to bring the Dallas Cowboys, in my opinion. They need the field stretcher, help the run game with Zeke, you know, get open a little bit more, and then, you know, how many targets will he really get? They're going to test the defense maybe three times a game. James is going to be that guy. Lamb will be that guy, and then whatever else is left uh, to, to have. But we won't know what what a Tolbert is definitely going to be until after like week one, two. So that's what I'm saying. If you're taking him with your last pick in the draft, you got two weeks. And like Jake said, you know, you're not drafting a Jalen Tolbert to start him week one because then you just totally fucked up your draft. But it's like, okay, stash him on the bench. You got some room. If he if he happens to, you know, catch some uh, some uh, some balls and some touchdowns then you got yourself a player that you can potentially have on your roster by week four. That's gaining value and could potentially find his way into your starting lineup. And that's, that's what's going to have to happen. I think he's going to, and what's crazy about it is he's not going to just have to have like a solid game. Like he's going to have to pop off the first few weeks. Impact of the games, for sure. Yeah. Yep. He can't just go out there and get four catches for 57 yards and have it be like, Oh, this guy's, you know, going to be in the, he's going to overtake you know, the third role in this, in this offense, he's going to have to go out there and be like, Oh my God, this guy is unstoppable every single week to really leapfrog that depth chart. Nothing else. You're good. Doc's like, I don't like James Washington still. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> we can move like right along. We can move right along, but look, okay. Let's play a game quickly as training camp, you know, is starting up. I love it. Let's go our way too early predictions for division winners because i think it's glorious to go super early and see how far off we can get because this will be documented well we'll do another one as the season gets started but afc east who's winning the afc east this year well i mean we know who you're gonna we know who you're gonna choose (laughs) and so will you i i'm gonna take the bills as well i mean of course but i will say this Look at last year's standings. Bills with 11 wins, Patriots with 10, Miami with 9. It's going to be close again because that window that the Bills had of where it was just their division for the taking, it, it's going to be a, a little bit more of an uphill battle. They're going to have to win 13-plus games, I think, to win it. What do you Bobby, think, Ethan? Yeah, it's going to be the Bills. It's going to be the Bills. I think it's going to be more competitive, but I I think the Bills are going to be really, really good this year. I hate to say it because Chouse is here and he's going to be so pumped about it. But you know what? Here's the deal. Like glorious every week. 
have watched my team win two Super Bowls in my lifetime, so I'm yes. not going to be that guy who's salty when other teams are good now. Yes, you know? don't be that guy. I've suffered. You've had you've had glorious achievement. I've suffered for too long. So, AFCs belongs to my Buffalo Bills. I don't care about those Dolphins. I don't care about those Patriots. You know, whatever. But AFC North, where are we going? We're all, all in agreement. Well, now we're just with the Homer pick. I'm sure. I'm sure Ethan's going to take Pittsburgh here. Um, I am not taking Pittsburgh. I'm taking Cincinnati to win the division. As am I. To win the division? Yep, correct. There's no look. I'm the biggest Steelers fan in the room. Okay, easily. I kind of want the Bengals to win the division because I love watching Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Like from <laughs> yeah. not even just a fantasy perspective, just like. A football perspective. Watching them play football is fun. And honestly, the games that I enjoy watching the most are the playoff games because there's not really a whole lot of fantasy implications for me. So I don't have to be stressed out about what players are scoring what Mm -hmm. touchdowns. I get to just watch the game and enjoy the football that's being played. And I really love the way the Bengals play football. So factual going to pick my Steelers to win obviously <laughs> but yeah uh if we're being honest I think the Bengals are going to win yeah, yeah. Uh, it's it's a Bengals for me as well I just think that they're put together except Jesse Bates news does scare me a little bit he's uh looking to hold out the entire year and that's uh scary for who dat nation he doesn't want to play on that franchise I don't blame him but I don't blame him either but dude you finally get a Bengals team that's I know. worth the crap and you're not going to play like come I know. on I know he wants his bag but I mean shit he's I'll one give of the him best. a bag a freaking Roman soldier his ass right on top of his eyeballs. Give him a tea bag and hopefully he gets on the field without some pink eye. But AFC South, where are we going with the South? Mm. This, is an, this is an interesting division this year. This is kind of ugly. Like it is. It, it's got to be between Tennessee and Indianapolis because I'm correct. I'm, it's not going to be Houston and Jacksonville. That's right. I have to say still that I'm I'm going to still lean on Tennessee slightly. Ooh. It's close though. Like I. If Indianapolis had one more weapon, I feel like they're. I feel like they need one more weapon. Julio's coming, man. Don't worry. He's I know coming. we've been talking about that for months, and it still hasn't happened. It's coming. But I, I feel like they're just one weapon short, and a lot of people want to look at like Alec Pierce mm. or even Paris Campbell again. Mm. I don't know. I just don't. I don't know if it's enough. I don't think that they have enough to get over that hump. It's going to be super close once again. But if Derrick Henry is healthy, and we have Traylon Burks, Bobby Trees. Ryan Tannehill, Austin Hooper, I think is kind of a pick. The uh, uh, acquisition is kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Huge. huge. I, I think that is a huge help to Ryan Tannehill in the offense. Maybe not so much from a fantasy perspective, but you know, a great blocking run blocker. upside. Yeah, a, yeah, a blocking great run blocker team. right there on the offensive line. So yeah. I'm still going to go Tennessee, but say it's super close. I'm going to go with the Colts, uh, just because I want to disagree with Jake. Perfect. I don't think that they're short on weapons. I do worry about. Matt Ryan just tanking this team that's actually pretty decent. Uh, The defense is good enough to win 10 games. The offensive line and running back are set. I mean, they have one of the better running backs in the league, if not the best running back in the league. And you might say, well, so does Derek, so does Tennessee. But to me, I feel like Indy is, is, has a better chance to be threatening in the pass game. You don't have A.J. Brown anymore. You've replaced him with a rookie who can't even practice yet because he's dealing with asthma stuff. So where are you expecting this like game-breaking wide receiver to come from? 
I mean, I still believe that Traylon Burks could be that dude, but he's still a rookie. Like, are you going to bank on a rookie making your offense better? Like, at least with Michael Pittman, he showed last year he can be a wide receiver one with probably a bottom five starting quarterback in the league. Like, Matt Ryan's at least mid-tier. Like, he's the most mid-dude ever, but he's shown that he can support wide receivers at a minimum. Matt Ryan also was playing with basically no help for the last two years, Mm. no offensive line, almost no weapons. Julio was hurt. You know, Julio was doing whatever Julio does, but they, he couldn't stay healthy. He couldn't keep anybody around him healthy. He didn't, he had a wide receiver playing running back for him. I mean, there's just, come on, like Matt Ryan is going to be better this year than he was last year. So could you see for both of you, either Robert Woods or Traylon Burks, you think that they could reach, let's just say 900 yards receiving either one of them? Yes. Oh yeah. Last year, AJ Brown had 869. Right. Even, even AJ Brown's rookie year, he was a thousand yards. And I think that's kind of like right on a thousand for like what 60 receptions. He was, is 52 for 1051. Second there year was 70 for 1075. There Last year, 63 for 869. And I wouldn't be shocked if a Traylon Burks gets to that point. I mean, I'm not overly sold that Bobby Trees with the knee injury is going to be a massive impactor in this offense, but. I will go to the Colts as well in this division. I am still a fan of Matt Ryan. I think that Matt Ryan needed that change of scenery. Matt Ryan has been able to prove and has proven, I should say, to support a a very high octane offense. Yes, he has lost a step. I won't say that he hasn't, but we we know all the offensive weapons that the Colts have, but where this team is different this year is on defense. Okay. They added Yannick and Gakway. They still got Darius Leonard. They added themselves a Steph Gilmore. They got a Rodney McLeod. So for me, This is kind of where this conversation changes for me. Do I believe the Titans are still a good football team? Yes, I do. Do I believe it still runs with Derrick Henry? 110%. But with JT showing the world that he is more than capable to explode at any given moment, now has a quarterback who is a proven 4,500 to near 5,000-yard passer in this league, likely will hover around the 42 to 4,400 yards again this year, even with a receiving core that has the Alec Pierce inexperience and Michael Pittman, you know, the Paris Campbell injury effect. So I understand that you want more weapons, but could this be the year they go more double tight ends with Mo Ali Cox and a Kylan Granson, who is also flying under the radar. Everybody needs to understand. I just think this team is very well put together. And, and I think that, the mistakes, they're, they're going to be the ones to make themselves lose is kind of where I'm going. If they make the mistakes, they're going to lose. And that's all on Matt Ryan, because I do believe this defense is ready to go. I just know that last year, Nick Westbrook, Ikeen, or however you say his name, was the second leading receiver in Tennessee with 476 yards. Yeah. They're not a team that's known for the, the weapons on the outside. That's just not what they do anyway. So I have to think that Burks and Woods – number wise combined for better what AJ than what AJ Brown and Nick Westbrook Akeem did last year. Yeah, it's fair. I, I can't hate it. What are we doing with this AFC West loaded with damn firepower Dude. and gonna be unbelievable, you know, pants wet every single time we see these teams face off each other. Where are you guys going? I mean my initial is to me it's hard to pick against the Chiefs, but everything lines up for it to be the Chargers in my opinion mm-hmm. this year. However I kind of think like the quote unquote dark horse here is Denver. I don't think people want to give Denver enough credit. Like, I just don't think that you, you bring over Russell Wilson, you have multiple pass catching op- options. You have great running back 
uh, duo there in the backfield, a veteran quarterback that's won Super Bowls. I mean, it's just like, I don't feel like in a solid defense, I don't feel like people give Denver any chance in this division, and it would not surprise me if they end up winning it. But with that being said, I still pick the Chargers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is the hardest one, I think, for me, because I think I could make a reasonable oh, yeah. For all four teams. Yep. Oh, yeah. All four teams have a good case. I mean, Kansas City, it's hard to just go against a team that's just consistently been at or near the top of the division for the last five years. The Chargers are ascending offensively and defensively from a just talent perspective. They're just off the chain, young talent. Um, You know, Denver, Jake already mentioned, so I won't go into that. I mean, even Las Vegas. You can't just ignore the fact that they just probably got one of the three best wide receivers in the league mm-hmm. on a team that when went 10 to seven last year, I mean, they won 10 games last year and I could honestly see them being one of the two best teams again in this division. And I'd probably take them right now. I, I, I think they have the best chance to just be consistently above average game to game. I think that their floor is absolutely the highest of any of these teams. I don't know what's going to happen with Pat Mahomes. You know, Travis Kelsey's getting a year older. Who knows if Ronald Jones is the answer at running back? I doubt it. You know, you lose Tyreek Hill. Kansas City's offense is going to take a little bit of a hit. Um, you know, the, the Chargers didn't really change much. They kind of went status quo here with their offense. I'm sorry, like that offense was good, but you're really banking on like how much better can Justin Herbert be than he was last year? I mean, how much better can he be in like, is he like, because if he's taking the next step, he's like MVP candidate. And so is he ready to do that? I don't know. Is the defense ready to do that? Can they stay healthy enough to do that? I don't know. Denver, I mean, yeah, I get what Jake's saying about bringing in, um, you know, Russell Wilson. That definitely raises the the floor for them. But that's still a team that hasn't really done much in the last three or four years. I mean, they haven't shown that Russell Wilson is like the answer for the team. So <clears throat> I, I think I'm going to go with Vegas. I th- I'll, I'll, I'll go out on a limb here. Wow. I'm going to say Vegas. I don't I hate take. I don't hate it. Hot take, but hey, I'm going with the Chargers. I mean, I just think they're put together. I Everything that they did this offseason, it is literally AFC championship or bust for them as well because they realize, you know, they needed to compete with Patrick Mahomes. And, and for me, as much as, you know, you got a juju, you tried to, you know, add an MVS to keep the field stretching ability in Kansas City, I think that they take a step back. I really do. I, I just... They're, they're predicated on speed and that Tyreek moments where he needed to bail them out. I just think the Chargers right now, that defense is going to give them so many more opportunities to get the ball back in Herbert's hands, and they're just going to be explosive, man. Moving to the NFC, the NFC East. I mean, this is probably still the worst division in football we want to say, but I'm probably going to still side with those Dallas Cowboys. I mean, I agree it probably should be the Cowboys but something is telling me that this is the year that the Eagles kind of just win that coin flip. Mm. And it's going to be, you know, determined end of the season, the last two weeks of the season. And I'm going to go ahead and go with the Philadelphia Eagles to win it. May not be pretty from a fantasy perspective. Sure. But overall, I could see them winning more games. I think Dallas is going to win, but I, I do think the Eagles 
have a are going to be better than they were last year, but I still I think agree. Dallas gets them by a game or two. I agree. I agree. I think the Eagles will be good. You know, I want to see those Washington commies do something. I th- I like the roster they're putting together in that offense, but NFC North, this one's going to be interesting because no more Devante makes it a little bit better. Maybe this is a hot take. I don't know. I mean, I don't think it can be. Is it a hot take if you pick anybody but the Packers? Yeah, Shouldn't be, right? Shouldn't be anymore. Okay, then I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Yes. Uh, I love what Minnesota has. I, I am excited to watch the new offense in Minnesota. Mm-hmm. I, I feel like a lot of people are looking at Minnesota and they don't realize that the offense is going to be different this year. Minnesota's offense was just so boring from time to time. And now it's going to be more up-tempo, more vertical down the field. Jefferson uh, moving around getting them in the slot at time. I'm going to, I love it. I, I'm going to go with Minnesota this year. Do it doc. Say it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go with Detroit. No, <laughs> I'm yes. just kidding. I'm just kidding. It Detroit. Uh, it'll never be Detroit. Sorry, Kyle. <laughs> um, I think Minnesota has the best chance. Uh, again, Green Bay. Do we know whether it was Rogers making Adams or Adams making Rogers, or they were both just really, really elite? Like, do we really know what's going to happen? There? I mean, Rogers was good well, before Adams. It's true. Exactly. So, I mean, I still think that Green Bay could very easily win 11 or 12 games just with Rogers. But uh, to me, I feel like. I feel like Minnesota just has a way better team overall offense, defense, just across the board. I just think that their team is, is better equipped. You get another year of, of JJ, you know, Dalvin cook in a new scheme that hopefully will keep him a little healthier. Um, yeah. I just think Minnesota makes the most sense. Yep. I'm Smith like, back and healthy. Oh, good Lord. It's so nice. And Minnesota should be smiling because I mean, it's going to be a wonderful season. Okay. I'll start there with Minnesota and Kirk cousins. Because this guy gets way too much hatred, man. Last two years in Minnesota, 2021, 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns, seven picks. 2020, 4,200 yards, 35 touchdowns, 13 picks. Going, you know, his first year in Minnesota, 4,200 yards, 30 touchdowns. Like, this guy is the consistent monster in, in passing that nobody gives any respect to. And now you put him in an offensive system that is from the LA Rams that is going to be, like you said, more explosive, the ability to move that football, lean on that ground game a little bit more. However, I will caveat that with the defense of the Green Bay Packers. I think they are the best defense in this division. And this secondary still gets my, you know, chub to rise because Eric Stokes, Amos, Daryl, Darnell Savage. I mean, Douglas came out of nowhere. Jari Alexander, this secondary to me is probably... And I don't think it's a bull take the best secondary in the entire NFL. I think that they all of them healthy together. They can shut people down and they will show that. But with that said, I got to go with Minnesota because I think losing Devonte Adams and having Sammy Watkins as your potential wide receiver is not good for anybody's nerves. NFC South. Obviously, we're going with Tommy touchdown. I mean, kind of has to be right. I. I I don't see it going. It's definitely not going to be Carolina. Atlanta's not going to happen. The Saints, no, they're not going to happen. It's got to be Tampa Bay. And this one, I think, is probably one of the more clear-cut divisions this year. Yeah, it's Tampa unless something happens to Tom Brady. That's right. Yep. That's pretty much it. If Tom Brady's healthy, it's Tampa by a while. Yep. Yep. They're gonna. They're likely gonna sweep that division. The poor NFC South. I mean, I feel for everybody, but this is a tough one. NFC West. 
to finish it off, where are we going? Because there's a lot of good teams here still. All right, so Chouse picked his Bills to win their division. Mm-hmm. Ethan picked his Steelers to win their division. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Which means... After a caveat. Okay, yeah, but you still said at the very end of it, you still wanted your Steelers to win. Which means this is my home team uh, division, and I'm not going to pick them to win it because I am a realist. Uh, it's going to be the Rams. Uh, the Rams are still you know, the, the, the top of the, the NFC here, they didn't do anything to get any worse. And that, arguably they could have gotten a little bit better overall. So it's still the Rams division this year. Yeah. I don't have anything else to say. Um, <laughs> You're not going to pick my that, Cardinals. Come on. I hope Ethan. Jake's team makes the wild card. I guess they they're should. not going to do that. I don't think either. I'm but, just hoping uh, for nine wins this year. But uh, I still think it's the Rams. And I honestly think the Rams have a good chance of making it to the Super Bowl again. I'm not yep. going to lie about it. Yep. That team got even better. I didn't even know how they could get better. I thought they were in cap hell, but apparently not. You can just sign whoever you want. Doesn't yep. matter. Caps made See, I think I, I think they got like equal. I don't know if they necessarily got better because, I mean, Allen Robinson from an OBJ, that's kind of a wash in my opinion. OBJ makes relatively the same plays that a healthy Allen Robinson can make. I mean, come on. Where OBJ? Are you disagreeing? Because where OBJ is yes. at right now? I mean, oh, come on. Okay, well, I mean, it's not fair. He's better. I'm stats, not saying he's not OBJ's better. stats from last year. He I was understand. barely doing anything. He had like a good playoff game. Okay. Don't but, even with that. But as a talent, so you're saying Allen Robinson's better than OBJ? Is that what you're saying? Yes, absolutely. Oh, oh, oh emphatically. Damn. Yes, right now, today. Or you're talking last year, last year I'm when he was I'm checking. Even t- I'm in even talking today. Being on the Rams or being on the on the Bears. Can't blame him. Everybody probably hates to be on the Bears. No, and, and I was even saying that he was dogging it on purpose. He didn't want to play under that franchise tag. He didn't want to get injured so he could get his bag this year. Dude, I'm sorry, but this irks me bad. Not you specifically. Fuck. Let's do. But this. maybe you specifically. Let's okay? do this, you son of a bitch. We, we collectively, the fantasy yeah. community need to stop loving obj stop it he has not been good in like five years he hasn't been good because he's been injured that's the whole thing we don't do this to other guys that have been injured we don't just oh well we just love this guy anyway i do okay but like (laughs) he's small He's not explosive anymore. He's had two ACL tears. Like, I'm sorry. It's over. It's been over since he broke his ankle into a billion pieces when he was playing for the Giants. All right. All right. Fine. Fine. Get over it. Okay. Fine. Move on from this dude. We'll say that's it. wants to be on (laughs) OBJ's jock all the time. It drives me crazy. I I feel like every year I come back and I'm like, hey, OBJ's not that good. And everybody's like, are you telling me OBJ isn't good? Yeah, he was good for four years. And then he got hurt. And then he got hurt again. And then he got hurt again. Then he got it was hurt three again. years. Yeah. Three okay, years. you son of a bitch. Let me talk now because, <laughs> you know. <laughs> no, here's the thing. And it's I, I said it was basically a wash for skill set, not statistics for skill set. Because even when OBJ is on the field, he can still make plays when he's healthy. That's what I was saying as a wash. They lost Von Miller but they got a Bobby Wagner. So are we saying that's a wash or that's an improvement? Not a wash. I'm saying it's a wash too. I, I think I, that's fair. Yeah. That's okay. a fair wash. I mean, they were still really good. Sure. They were no question. 
And that's really all they really did. They didn't do nothing else. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so still, I'm for st- me, the only reason why I'm saying is I, 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 I get where you're saying that you know, they're still the, the best team in the division. I just don't see how they got progressively better than last year. I think they're even. And I can't really argue with that. They're okay. They're, they're They gotta be close. Okay. Fair enough. And I, and I still think they're winning the division anyway. So the point is moot. I just was, you know, Hey, they could have Odell Beckham with a torn ACL and still win this division right now. There, there you go. Fair <laughs> enough. That's how it, they could have me with it. Cause torn I still ACL like Van Jefferson. Be, damn it. So do I. I've been supportive of Van for a damn long time. <sighs> that's all Ethan is so hot and bothered right now. He is man. I'm the just... side of his face is ready. He looks like two faced. What does he need Batman. to drink? What's that stuff? Chess? I don't know. The lemon. No, my drink, the popsicle vodka drink. Popsicle yeah. vodka. Yeah. Yeah. What's it called it's though? It's called something. Vodka. I don't know. It's a Smirnoff drink. I don't know. I don't pay attention. <laughs> well, the wife had it in the in the fridge. I just I took it and it was it was fine. I wanted a change. Update: Jake was right. He was only good for three years. Yeah, of course Jake was right. <laughs> Give me a break. And then he was highly inefficient for two. Years. <laughs> no, because well, he, he was really good for those three years. That's more years than Saquon Barkley was good. He Shit, was so good. by one. Fuck. <laughs> I can't handle this show anymore. I'm out of here, man. Let's get the hell out of here. So on that note, that is the show. Thanks so much for tuning in. To all listeners, thank you for all the support. And until next time, stay safe and be kind to each other. I'm out.